Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Caroline, how are you? Hi, Mike. Good. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, it's so Me great. Too. It's such a... <laughs> it's such, such great... I know you're not supposed to say that, but honestly, I am. I'm like the audience of this show, as well as in it. I just think it's wonderful. Well, I... Really I I'm going to throw this out just just at the beginning here because you probably can't answer this, but who does Midge go with here? Is it Joel or Benjamin? That's what everybody wants to know. Well, you know, you want to know if, it, if, if Team Joel or Team Ben, and you know, of course, you know what team I'm on. My son. Oh, of course. He made a mistake, <laughs> but um, you know, he he knows better now. Yeah. But you know, there's a very interesting line that they haven't really explored yet, but of course, I heard it in season two, in one of the episodes when Moish is talking to him and says to him, which was so shocking when he said it, and when I read it in the script, what are you doing? I told you those kind of girls are for strictly on the side. Yes. Uh, my ears perked up and I went, oh, maybe Moisha has on the side. And I don't know how Shirley would feel about that. Maybe that was just acceptable then. But yes, I am... I'm always on Team Joel. You know that. Yeah, I'm okay. his mother. All right. Well, there you go, everybody. That's that's Caroline Aaron's answer right there. We got it off the table. That's good. You know, uh, yes, you're from yes. Rich. You, you were you're from Richmond, Virginia. I lived there pretty much through most of the '90s, and uh, it's it's great to see somebody from Richmond, you know, doing so well. I mean, you've been doing well for a very long time, but um, it's great to see someone represented there. And you, I read, you worked very hard to lose your Southern accent. So you could get more yes, roles. I did. Yes. Why were you in Richmond? I, uh, to be quite honest with you, Caroline, uh, a friend of mine who was uh, tripping on mushrooms told me it was a nice place to live, and I wanted to get out of Massachusetts. <laughs> so me and some friends moved it. down there, and uh, yeah, I had a great time while I was down there. It was a really nice. It's a nice city. Um, although they didn't like my comments about Monument Avenue, I used to call it the Avenue of Second Place Trophies. Uh, I get varied reactions <laughs> to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I And then with the big dust up about, you know, it's as much as it's evolved in my mother, you know, there's a park named after my mother in Richmond. What? What it's, is it? Um, what, which... Yes, it's Downtown Festival Park. No. She created um, Downtown Presents. That, she was the architect of that. She completely changed the city that was, you know, Downtown Richmond was burnt out. Yeah. You know, and there was white flight after the riots, and she raised all the money to have the Virginia Center for the Performing Arts. Oh, my God, really? Old Atmos- yes, that was all her. And if you, and you're not there now, but if you went back in, you would see a big plaque yes. with her name on it. And Yes, and then she created Downtown Presents so that she could create uh, a place where, as she said in her own words, where the white and black community to come together to recreate, celebrate, eat together, and enjoy music. So she started a music festival and then hoop it up and all this and got money from the city and did all this stuff because she grew up in the deep, deep South and 
and wanted to bring Richmond back together. So it's very, very prominent in my backstory. That's so I'm yeah. glad you were there. And she was on the board of visitors of VCU at downtown in Chaco Slip, mm-hmm. involved in all of that. Wow, that's amazing. So know, yeah, that's a pretty fun place. Yeah. With, with that background, um, I want to ask because your family was so much part of that, as you mentioned there with the Civil Rights Movement, uh, especially in Richmond. There are some articles I read criticizing the show for not addressing Mm. civil rights issues enough, and I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. I think it's coming. I think it's definitely coming. I think we're moving into the 60s now. I mean, honestly, yeah, it is a snow-white show, white (laughs) as white can be, but I think that it's very accurate. I think that, you know... Um, people, you know, I think people in those days, the, the cross-fertilization of cultures, um, I think the 60s blew everybody up in the air and we all fell back down, all intermingled, which is great. But I think, you know, there was a Jewish community and there was an Italian community and an Irish community and all of that kind of stuff. And I think the interfacing of all of those groups really didn't start to be prominent until the time period that season three is moving into. Now, honestly, I don't know. Maybe they'll never address it, but I think that they will. I think that they know that this is coming up. And um, I wrote an article for a newspaper, uh, uh, for a magazine in Connecticut a while ago, and it was about my mother's civil rights activism, her relationship to Richmond. And the creator, Amy, said, well, Jews were instrumental in the civil rights movement during Mm -hmm. that time. And she was, you know, so up on top of it. So it made me think it's going to come up for sure. We don't know, you know, as we go along. I just feel that it's not the, it's not part of the story yet, or, or it's, it's Midge's story and you can't really force right. issues into it. But one thing I wanted to ask is how much do they, if any, do they let you improvise at all? You and, and Kevin Pollack and, and Tony Shalhoub and, and Marin Hinkle, when you guys, when well, the parents yeah. are together, it's amazing. We to, yeah. We have to be word perfect. Really? And, and it's very, I mean, word perfect. And when Amy won the Emmy um, <clears throat> after season two for writing, I remember as part of her acceptance speech, she said, now maybe my actors will realize why they have to be word perfect. And it's so, you know, it's, I've done, you know, I did a season of Curb Your Enthusiasm where it's all improv. Right. I've been in lots of things. But most of us are from the theater or have a theater background. And in the theater, you know, when you're doing a play, you are not allowed to change your word. Mm. Not allowed. It's, 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 you know, it's your obligation to render what the writer wrote. And the same thing is true with Amy. They want it to be word perfect. So there is absolutely no improvising at all. And when people, and lots of people think we are, which is a big compliment, mm-hmm. but that has to do with, you know, the fact that they're not only geniuses at what they do. I said at the premiere the other night, it's so odd. We really enjoy each other. We like each other. We like to be together. And believe me, that's not always true. And um, I, I said to somebody at the party, I said, do you think that Amy and Dan were casting chemistry when they cast us? Are they that smart? <laughs> and this woman said to me, yes, they're that smart. I don't believe it. I think they lucked out. But still, <laughs> we do. And that sense of the four parents being together, and it feels improvised. It is it is written within an inch of its life. Well, I, I it seems so natural. There, I watch it with my daughter. She's 15. And uh, there are times oh. where we're like, oh, that's definitely improvised. They must have left that in there. 
because it was so good. But no, I guess not. That's that. Yeah, that's incredible. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. And it's, listen, all of us want to. We do feel like a little bit. Oh, what? But you know, none of us could improve on the writing. So we just accept that with grace. I must say. Does your daughter watch Gilmore Girls? No, no, she 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 does not. But um, she really loves the show, and she's always asking questions, and she can't believe how Midge is treated in some ways. And I'm like, that's how it was back then, you know. That's oh yeah, you know, this women had to struggle oh. if they wanted to be artistic or creative. You know, that wasn't really oh. very few women could accomplish that. Back, you know, back in that time, and so it's I think it's good. It's almost like a history lesson for her. And yes, it's, and you know, in the when when she is. When she tells her parents in the first season that she and Joel split up and that he and the first thing that Tony's character or dad says to her is, What did you do? Yeah, exactly. And I'm right? a parent and it's so the opposite impulse. If anybody hurts my kid in any way, and I'm sure you're the same way, mm-hmm. I wanna know what did they do to you? What did they do to you? But in those times, the reason he says that even is what's to become of a single girl? In those times, she didn't have all the options that your daughter and my daughter have, and it's hard for them to imagine. It is, yeah. It really it, is. It's hard for her to grasp that whole concept of, of a woman not having a job and having to stay home and take care of the kids. She didn't have a husband. She was really stranded without any means. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. Well, uh, Caroline Aaron, it's been a, a really a pleasure talking to you. I mean, we could talk about you've done so many things, and there's so many things I've seen you in, and. Uh, but I'm really excited about season three of the uh, of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's Friday, and uh, I know what I'm going to be doing for most of this weekend, probably binging that with my daughter, <laughs> which is a good thing. But thank you very oh, much for say. taking the time today. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. You too. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.